2: And hello, welcome in, Friday edition of the program, glad to have you with us, we get an opportunity to chat for an hour today before we head into the weekend, and uh, glad you're with us, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective, we do this show each weekday, live in the 11 a.m. hour. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Tam in New Albany, segment one, news, notes, headlines from today. Uh, A couple things on McKenzie and Baco that we'll share, some recruiting updates, uh, some sectional champions locally for track and field on the boys' side. We'll highlight those here in this opening segment as well. Also, later today, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join us. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball. Always lots to get to with the Hoosiers and a lot of momentum right now. A week ago today, actually it was this evening, Friday evening, one week ago, McKenzie Mbaco surprised a whole bunch of people, including me, and picked the Indiana Hoosiers over the Kansas Jayhawks. And uh, really, th- that has, I think the the roster was trending in a better direction. There was some concern, uh, obviously, on, on guard play. And there still are, I think, some question marks, obviously, for next season. But Indiana definitely, just from talking and reading things, uh, is on a different trajectory right now as far as where they're at in college basketball. They're beginning to appear in some of the way early rankings, and their standing in the Big Ten Conference for next season has already changed. So, can Indiana finish this thing off with another addition? One open scholarship at this time. Obviously, guard play, uh, obviously, a, a, probably a likely. Uh, If something is added for next season. But uh, a lot has changed with uh, the addition of Mbako for IU basketball. We'll talk with Dylan about that coming up here in just a bit. Also later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He is always with us on Fridays. We'll get into some recruiting stuff with him. And uh, some in-state guys making some noise this spring. We'll cover that uh, and more with Kyle a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Off-season, we don't get near as many texts. We got a number about Embaco. Obviously, that excited a lot of you. But uh, got a question, a comment, uh, whatever it may be on IU basketball, football, local sports, whatever, you can send it in to the number 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and shoot me a text here that I can read on this Friday edition of the program, 502-414-1450. I've heard uh, had a number of people ask, are you guys going to broadcast baseball postseason? The answer to that is yes. We will start our coverage next Wednesday at the New Albany Sectional. Uh, That'll be New Albany, Floyd Central, and Jeff, the local teams there. And I believe with bats, baseball, and that schedule, just the way it works, we should be able to clear all of the games involving local teams here on the Big X, which is nice to always be on this traditional signal, which has uh, carried so many big high school games over the years. And even recently in our time, just fun to be on the Big X with high school sports. So it looks like we'll be able to squeeze everything in Wednesday, Wednesday, Uh, Saturday and Monday next week. Of course, Monday, Memorial Day, a week from this coming Monday, the the baseball sectional championship day, for the most part across the state of Indiana. Of course, that's all weather pending. But, yes, we do plan to be there. Should be great. And we hope to follow local teams on uh, even further. I think we've got a handful of teams that could make some runs to semi-states. And I think it's even possible that we have – a state finalist, or even a state champion this year. And I'm thinking, number one, about Providence. I think there are other teams that could make runs as well, but Providence now 21-3 and after a win last night over Bedford-North Lawrence. They really are a hot team headed into the postseason, that is for sure. Uh, let's get into some other headlines here. First off, I saw a great story. Really, it all derived from a Hoosier Hysterics podcast on how kind of behind the scenes now that he's committed and signed with IU Associate Head Coach Kenya Hunter. He uh, told the Hysterics a little bit about how the Mbaco recruitment and commitment to Indiana unfolded. And Coach Hunter said, quote, McKenzie's deal is kind of unique because the crazy thing is McKenzie's mom reached out to Coach Woodson with a text, and that's initially how it got started. So the staff didn't know him. How about that? McKenzie Mbaco's mom after he decommitted from Duke, reached out to Mike Woodson. Uh, she is from the New Jersey area. Coach Woodson, obviously a New York guy, and so she reached out to him and uh, wanted to know if Indiana was interested in recruiting her son, and that's how it came about, according to what Coach Hunter had to say uh, in this podcast. So pretty interesting to hear that. I'm sure that the coaches get a lot of people reaching out that want to uh, ask the, the IU staff to take a look at or recruit a certain player, but uh, to hear from the parent, the mother of such an important, uh, late available recruit in the 2023 class, definitely different. That, there's no no question about that, but interesting to hear uh, how the co- the recruitment and ultimately the commitment of McKenzie and Baco happened for uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. Also, you know, the transfer portal and Caleb Love, there's been a lot of discussion about Him this week, he decommitted from Michigan after basically finding out that he could not get into Michigan via the admissions office. So another tough deal for Jawan Howard. Remember, Texas Tech's Terrence Shannon Jr. was a big-time transfer a year ago. Michigan got him to commit and then couldn't get him into school. And so that was obviously a big hit. There's been uh, other options or other situations as well where Michigan's uh, admissions office has caused them some problems here in this new transfer portal world. But I tell you what, there's been a number of stories from Michigan media and others. It's just a negative vibe right now around the program. And I think the initial reaction was oh gosh, Caleb Love coming from North Carolina. What's that say about UNC if he can't get eligible uh, to play at Michigan next season? uh, Yeah, there could be some of that, but also it seems like Michigan has a very, very detailed and specific transfer process to take uh, credits from other universities that is much more difficult even than Indiana and other highly accredited academic schools, and all the Big Ten is. Uh, So interesting, and that could hurt Jawan Howard. That could hurt in this new world of how important The transfer portal is Michigan's ability to be successful uh, in the transfer portal. Second year in a row that they have really been dinged as far as late decommitments. And really, it's not a decommitment. They simply can't get in. So where does Caleb Love stand? There's not been a lot of reports out there about him. I saw a couple initial thoughts were Indiana was one of the schools people expected him to consider. Uh, Could he fit in well? Potentially. I think there was mixed feelings on Ah, uh, Caleb Love, when he was available the last time in Indiana, seemed to really be be in on him, uh, so that will be interesting to see. But uh, Caleb Love back on the market, there haven't been any. I haven't seen any list yet, or who's contacted him, or interviews with him. I think his father was pretty vocal when he was being recruited out of the portal just a few months ago before he committed to Michigan but really haven't seen much yet. But it will be interesting this weekend and early next week to see if Indiana is going to be a player for a third time because, remember, they recruited him out of high school. They recruited him when he entered the transfer portal. Excuse me. Will they recruit him a third time now that he's available and back on the market again? A couple other notes here in the headline segment. Trace Jackson Davis in Chicago, he's putting on a show. He's one of the hottest players, hottest big men, centers, Uh, coming out of the NBA Draft Combine. I don't think there's any question. Of course, he didn't play in the five-on-five games, but I don't think there's any question that he has helped his ability, his draft stock. And as some of the updated boards come out this weekend and next week, I think it's going to be interesting to see has his opportunity there at Chicago and maybe some future workouts coming with NBA teams. He's got a lot of teams interested in seeing him. Will that help him maybe squeeze into the first round? There's obviously... No chance he becomes a lottery pick. I thought maybe a chance Hood Shifino could be, and I'm not even sure that he has uh, really a chance at all, as things stand right now, to be a lottery pick. But TJD has definitely helped himself, and I think i join in with anybody that's known him, covered him, cheered for him. Good stuff. And uh, we'll see how things play out for him. He's got another big month ahead before the nba draft and of course uh, after that uh, you know that we'll see what opportunities he's got and uh, where he can land but uh, he really has improved his stock and he's got an opportunity in some of these workouts to continue doing so Uh, grace Berger, iu women's basketball great a local connection here to new albany and floyd county of course a louisville native played her high school basketball at sacred heart had a lot of success there she officially is on the Indiana Fever roster, uh, and I don't think there's any surprise in that. I think everybody thought when she was drafted as, what, the sixth or seventh pick in the WNBA draft that she would be uh, on the roster for whatever team she was selected by. But neat to see her get a real opportunity for a team uh, nearby for her, which allows friends, family, and others, and you know just the general IU women's basketball fan to continue to follow her And so it's a really neat story. Rick Bozich of WDRB, who joins this show from time to time. Of course, his son Alex is with us every Thursday. He had a really good column today that kind of highlights her past and talks with her family and gives some of her history and how this vision that she had as a kid to be a professional basketball player uh, last night, uh, now that she's officially on the Fevers roster, uh, is official. It's happened. It's come true and so another local product playing basketball at the very top of the game with uh, Grace Berger in the WNBA playing for the Fever. Boys track and field, a couple sectional champions crowned last night. Jeffersonville won its second straight sectional championship on Thursday. They host the Jeffersonville sectional. They were the winners there as they move on, and Floyd Central – they also won their second consecutive sectional championship as well. Floyd Central's track and field program has just been amazing over the years. They also host a postseason, a sectional, and so Floyd Central bested New Albany. Get this, Floyd Central had 210 points. When you look at the team scores, next in line, New Albany was second with a score of 103. Providence third with a score of 84. So tells you not only did Floyd Central win, their own sectional, uh, but they uh, are dominated their own sectional, winning by over 100 points in the team scores column. Uh, Floyd, New Albany, and Providence automatically qualify for the Evansville Central Regional coming out of that Floyd Central sectional. I do know that. And out of the Jeff sectional, Jeffersonville, Charlestown, and Austin, I believe. No, excuse me, Jeff, Charlestown, and Austin. Yes, those are the top three. They automatically qualify for the regional at Bloomington North. In track and field. Let's look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Want to remind you the Kentucky versus Indiana Junior All Stars game put on by the coaches' associations in both states. It's actually going to take place right here in Southern Indiana at Jeffersonville High School. It'll be played at Johnson Arena on June fourth, two p.m. the girls' game, Indiana versus Kentucky, the juniors. Four p.m. will be the boys. Tickets, $10 at the door, or you can buy them online via the TicketSpicket app. And I do know that according to the announcement on this game, Kokomo High School standout, Flory Badunga, he is scheduled to play and represent Indiana in that game. And, of course, we know what a huge college target, recruiting target he is right now, including Mike Woodson and the Indiana Hoosiers. So he is scheduled to be at Jeff for a big game coming up on June 4th. I really like the junior series. It gives you kind of a preview of the future. Should be some good games. Again, June 4th, 2 p.m. the girls, 4 p.m. the boys, Jeffersonville High School the host. And it's really great because because it's Indiana, Kentucky, when Indiana hosts, it's generally going to be obviously a southern Indiana school. It makes sense with players coming from Kentucky. Players coming from up north and in central Indiana, it's a reasonable drive for all. So a big opportunity to see some of the best players in Indiana, including Flory Badunga, who we talk about so much and will be talking about even more this summer with coaches out on the road in the month of June at the high school stuff and July as well. So Make sure you make plans to get up to the Kentucky-Indiana Junior All-Star Games on June 4th at William S. Johnson Arena. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace. Dylan is sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll talk Mackenzie Baco. We'll talk so much more about IU basketball. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. I want to remind you that the Big X golf cart is available and it features a lot of Southern Indiana courses. Park Mammoth is the one down in Kentucky, uh, not far from Bowling Green, but Old Capital in Cordon, Elk Run in Jeffersonville, Valley View in Floyd's Knobs, Wooded View in Clarksville, and Christmas Lake over in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round. With the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today, bigxsportsradio.com, or call 8 And
3: And I think they're a sure-in tournament team again, and, and well, hopefully they're one of the protected seeds again. So it should be a really exciting season. I think fans have a lot of things to look forward to.
2: McKenzie and Baco, obviously, the storyline right now, but Dylan, we can't forget there's still a scholarship open. And there's still a lot of activity out there, whether it's the transfer portal, which is now closed as far as new players entering, but it's still something to pay attention to, and there definitely are some guys that could make switches, decisions, and of course Caleb Love uh, from Michigan decommitted because he couldn't get into school. And so that's a whole other topic, but it'll be really interesting to see what if Indiana does anything on this Open Scholarship.
3: Yeah, I'm curious to see. I think what I would look for maybe is they might go for another guard um, to come in. Um, it doesn't even have to be, you know, it can be a guard that can just come in and maybe put some backup minutes, uh, maybe in case a C.J. Gunner, Gabe Cuffs, quite aren't ready to contribute right away. Um, because I think Indiana's wing depth and their forward depth is pretty strong right now uh, with with Walker, with Ware. With Renew, with Mbako, with you know Caleb Banks, who showed some promise last year, Peyton Sparks coming in, there's just a lot of guys that I think we have to, to throw in that front court rotation. Um, so then you start to look at the back court. You obviously have you know you have in Xavier Johnson, you know Trey Galloway is always going to be there, um, and then from there, you know what are you going to get from Gabe Cups right away as a freshman? We don't know. You know is he going to take that next step and really become a shooter? Um, I think that's the number one thing right now when you look at the team. You know the question mark is the shooting, you know, who's going to be the kind of that knockdown shooter. You now, obviously, Trey Galloway shot really good from three-point land last year, but he's not really kind of the movement shooter. He's not really the kind of shooter, the ball high-volume shooter that you want at that position. Um, so, obviously, you know, if he can knock down spot-up threes again, that's great. But you kind of want a guy who can really kind of be a little bit more dynamic with the shooting ability. So I would say if they're going to go get anybody with that last spot, um, that'd be someone to look for. Um, Caleb Love would be an interesting fit. You know, there's a lot of a lot of guys on this roster already that, that are going to want the ball and demand the ball and bringing him into this mix. I'm not quite sure how that'll work out, but obviously Indiana was interested in him and he was interested in them when he first was in the portal. So we'll see if anything kind of gets elevated from there. Um, I'd be maybe a little surprised if they land him just because of getting in Baco and Ware and, and having David Johnson already, but we'll see. But yeah, I think, I think if they go get anybody, it should be uh, a really good shooter. Um, going to do a little bit off the bounce. And I think, you know, w- whether he can come in and shoot and right away, we'll see. But I think those are the, a guy for the backcourt might be who they should go get with that last spot open.
2: All right, talking with Dylan Wallace. Dylan is sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and he's with us on Fridays. How about Michigan? They are taking a real hit here, their admissions office. And I've got to believe that there is some uh, concern from Jawan Howard and his coaching staff this is the second year where they have really had trouble getting in key players, big gets from the transfer portal, and nobody else, other Big Ten schools, a, a very strong academic conference, nobody else seems to be having these problems.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is, like you said, it's been a couple times now that this has happened with Michigan, and I can only really remember this kind of story happening with Michigan, is just I mean, we I know just from people that I know that have gone to Michigan State or around the area just how hard it was to get into Ann Arbor, Michigan, but, um, you know, it, it's really kind of affecting some of their basketball recruits right now, and, and, you know, we all know players who have aspirations to go to the NBA and, and do that kind of stuff. You know, they will they just kind of do the average in school to just kind of get what they need to do in terms of credits and be able to do it, and when, when things are a little higher standard at Michigan, it makes it harder for guys to come in and, and, be, and be players there or transfer there like Caleb Love tried to do. Um, you know, I'm sure that Howard's probably pretty upset that you know they 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 were to get him, and we had that story a couple of weeks ago that he was going to decommit. He even tweeted out like, "No, I'm playing here." And then obviously, we found out this week that it just didn't work out. They probably couldn't figure things out. Um, so that's a really tough situation for them um, because you know this this is a couple of years now in a row where Michigan has struggled to get talent in the building. When they've had guys in, things haven't really panned out. They lost Hunter Dickinson, who complained about kind of the NIL money there. So. You know, on top of all that stuff that's happened to them this offseason, it hasn't been great for them. Um, and obviously, you know, Djuan Howard's still a guy that can get some talent, but you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances there that are things that are making it hard for guys to come there. So, um, it might be another tough year for them. You know, last year they didn't make the tournament. Um, so, you know, if they have another couple years here where they struggle to get in, um, you know, there's going to be some some really interesting things that are going to have to happen at that university, whether they move on or the, from Howard. Or they try to figure some things out with the admissions office. I don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's a tough spot for them. And, um, you know, things are, are looking a little bleak for them this offseason as well, like like last year and, and the years that have kind of preceded them as well. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do here because there's still a couple of talented guys there. But um, it, it's not as good as it was when, when Howard first took over because he took over with some of the B-line guys. And, you know, they were really good. and got to the tournament. Had a had a deep run a couple times. But since then, uh, it hasn't been going great for them.
2: Dylan Wallace, sports editor, Seymour Tribune. A lot of attention on Trace Jackson Davis this week. I want to talk uh, Trace and Jalen Hood Shafino with you now. Trace, is it safe to say, was he one of the big risers coming out of the combine? I know he didn't play the five on five games, but he seemed to have a lot of buzz around him in Chicago.
3: Yeah, he seemed to have a really good day. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people got caught up in uh, the shooting stuff that came out, the shooting clips of him. He was shooting the three ball pretty okay pretty solid for someone who didn't take literally any in college um to see him you know hit someone with some comfort was nice to see but i just think with his athleticism you know the way he runs the floor the way he can defend on the perimeter a little bit the way he can block shots um the way he can kind of be used as a screener roller um you know i think i think he can provide a lot to an nba team um and i think teams are starting to see that um as a guy who can just kind of you know, set the screen, get a roll, uh, and, you know, get the ball in an open floor, four-on-three situation, do stuff up with it. He's a good passer. He really grew as a passer in Indiana the last couple years as well. So, um, you know, just with athleticism and, you know, if the shooting is just cherry on top for him. If he if he can consistently knock down, you know, corner threes at like a 35% rate, you know, that's serviceable to be in the NBA. So, um, you know, he's definitely a little undersized for his position, but just with, with his athleticism, um, it, it, I think some teams will definitely talk themselves into him. And I think he can maybe have a role on a team as, Kind of a good backup to come in and provide some minutes. So um, I'm excited to see what happens. It seems like a lot of teams have been high on him. It seems like from his interviews, he's had some good conversation with teams. You know, he's had some. He's had a, a couple of visits set up to go to certain teams to work out for him. So things are going well for him. I'm happy for him. He obviously didn't get. He didn't get to go through this last year because he got COVID right around this time. So he didn't get to go through this process, and, you know, he came back and obviously had a great year at Indiana. Um, So I'm sure it's a great experience for him, and, you know, I I hope we we hear his name in the late first round. That'd be really good.
2: All right, Dylan, Jalen Hood-Chefino, I saw that some of the comments he made at the Combine about his time at Indiana and the coaching staff, all very positive. IU put some sort of video together, and those comments play in the background where he's very complimentary of Coach Woodson and the staff and talks about the future of the program. Uh, IU on top of it when it comes to those sorts of things from a recruiting perspective, because you get a guy like Hood Shafino that was a one and done and you let others hear that sort of comments about what he had to say about Coach Woodson and the staff. And it's an instant recruiting tool that Indiana can put to work for the next Jalen Hood Shafino, the next big time player that may commit to Indiana. So, uh, no question, Indiana on top of their game when it comes to social media and recruiting. But neat to see Hood Shafino at the combine be so uh, reflective in a positive way on his time at Indiana, and he's going to be a recruiter for this program for years to come.
3: Yeah, he's been a great ambassador so far, and you know, as far as everything I've heard. You know, he played a little bit of a role in the Mbaco recruitment as well. You know, he, he talked to him a little bit about Indiana. You know, he, he, he kind of had gave out some positive words about the program. So that, that's been great to see from him. You know, a guy who just spent one year here. But you really saw him grow. You know, I think when he came into college, he was projected maybe late first-round guy. And with the year he had, you know, you heard some people talk about lottery pick maybe. Um, his draft stock really rose. And, um, you know, he's, and we just saw him grow a lot. Um, you know, we had, obviously with Xavier getting hurt. You know, he had to step into a little bit of a bigger role, um, and, and he got to little show, showcase some of his some of his talents. And you know, he's been really awesome. And uh, yeah, I saw that video too. And it's, it's 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 a really good use for the program to have a guy like that. You know, be there for one year and still really talk about the program in a, in a high way. You know, some guys are just one and dones, and they're off to of the NBA, and you know, they don't really talk about their college experience. They don't really talk about their team. They don't really recruit for them. And you know, Houchin you know, has done the exact opposite of that. He's been amazing with. Just the stuff he's been saying about IU, you know, and, you know, some of those comments he made in that video about, you know, I heard some of the, some of the guys I've talked to, you know, they go to college and they say the coaches are nices in the visit, but they're they're not nice when they're on campus. He said that's not how it is at Indiana, and you know, he just said a lot of really positive things, and you know, with a player of his caliber that came in, you saw what he did in one year, you saw what what it helped for his draft stock, you know, that stuff, that stuff, you know, speaks a lot in terms of what when players look at, you know, what can Indiana do for me to get me to the next level, and. The so Houchefino is one of the best examples of that, and I think Trace would be too. You know, if, if he's able to get a drafted, you know, a guy, a four-year player who you know you, people questioned if he'd even get drafted at all. You know, those can be two really good stories Indiana can point to uh, as, as a recruiting tool. And you know, Jalen's been great. And you think about even when he was, you know, when he helped get Blake renew here. You think about you think about all the talent that's at Mount bird And if Jalen got connections there and with Indiana, you know, who can who can, can he get more guys there to come to Indiana? So. Um, it's been all positive from him, and, and I think you know he's had a good good showing himself as well. So I, I'd love to see him get picked in the lottery, and um, you know as long as he's willing to keep talking about Indiana, I'm sure they're going to love it and they're going to keep promoting it because it, it helps it helps get guys here. And you know we saw that maybe a little bit with Mbako, Not sure how much of a role he played in that, but just to have him be kind of a resource there, uh, it, it's great because he's a guy that went through it all and can really speak from experience. So it's all positive, and uh, and he has used it to their advantage.
2: Dylan, I know we get so caught up talking about recruiting and the transfer portal this time of year, but as I think to the roster for next season, returning players, obviously Xavier Booker is the key. Uh, That was big news a few weeks ago when we found out officially he has another year of eligibility and is going to return to Bloomington. So, no question, he's going to be the leader, be a key cog next season, but. I tell you, in this whole mix of players that we're thinking about, talking about, as you look at potential starters and rotations for next season, Malik Renew, the opportunity is there for him to capitalize on such a nice, solid, not outstanding, but solid freshman season, and you wonder what type of year, year two, could look like for Malik Renew. I think he could be really key in this Indiana operation next season.
3: I'm really curious to see how Malik fits in next season. Um, you know, when you're bringing in Ware and you're bringing in Mbako, two two bigger guys who will be kind of occupying some space in the paint, more, more so Ware than Mbako. I think is more of a, a guy that could be on the perimeter more. Um, I'm really curious to see how Malik Renouf, you know, slides in with these guys. Um, I think everyone's kind of penciling him in as a starter i would be curious to see, you know, how what the starting lineup will look like. Are they just going to go really big with those three guys, and then you're going to have Xavier Johnson and maybe a Trey Galloway in the backcourt, or maybe a CJ or whoever it is. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how that that lineup's going to work. But you know, I, I think I think he can have a really good season. You know, he showed a lot of really good promise in his freshman year, and we heard, you know, we heard it coming in before the season even started. You know, his body Big Ten ready. You know, Trace and Race talk about how he does moves against them, that they're like, wow, this kid's really developed already. And we saw it early on, and, you know, he kind of hit a bit of a lull there. He got into foul trouble, and he just struggled a little bit. But I think toward the end of the year, we saw the game slow down for him a bit, and we saw him just play with a little bit more confidence. And, um, you know, a whole other offseason for him. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what he looks like next year. We, we know what Cliff Marshall able to do to develop guys, get them quicker, faster, stronger, a that good stuff. You know, I think Malik is a little bit willing to, to, to shoot a little bit more than Trace was as well. So, you know, could we see that aspect of his game pop a little more? I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think, I think he's a really interesting player. Um, I think everybody's going to be really excited about the, the newcomers, which which is all good and well. But you know, for Malik to come back, uh, I think he could be a really key guy on this team, and he could really take a big jump for this for this roster. And um, I'm curious to see how, they, how everybody plays together. You know, now we have all this talent now. Now how do you mesh them together? How do you make them fit? That's the coaching staff's job, and I'm really curious to see how this team plays and, you know, and, and, and the new style. You know, will there be less post-ups from Malik renew, or will they have sprinkle some in for him? You know, I'm curious just to see the style of offense they try to run now. With all these different options, so he's a guy that everybody's going to have circled to see, you know, can you make that jump? Because from everything we saw his first year, uh, there's, not, there's everyone's pretty excited about what he could do, and um, I'm curious how he how he fits with with aware and with an Mbaco and with those guys around him um, who are really talented as well. You know, who who's going to get the majority of touches? It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun, but um, it's nice to have options, and I think that's what this Indiana team has next year. It's just a lot of options they can to go to, and hopefully Malik Renew is one of the bigger ones.
2: All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor, Seymour Tribune. Dylan, enjoy your trip to Nashville. Have a great time. We'll talk with you again next Friday, okay? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Dylan, with us every Friday, cover a lot of ground on IU basketball, even in the off season. And I know we'll we'll get more into football. Uh, we need to do it. The excitement, I, at least to me, is just not there the same as it is with basketball, but we will get into some football more in the coming weeks here in the offseason especially. But uh, Dylan Wallace, always a great guest with us on Fridays. Didn't have time to bring this up, but I do as we had to break what I mentioned. Yesterday during this show we got the release from Indiana, but Indiana women reserve season tickets next year, and due to an overwhelming response for the IU women's basketball tickets, uh, they've added more reserve seating. That is tremendous news for the IU women's program moving forward as they hope to steady on some of this great success now they've had the last handful of seasons. We'll head to a break. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here in this Friday program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, always my guest in this segment. The Thornton's text line still open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle, I saw a note earlier from Jeffersonville High School that they will be hosting the Kentucky versus Indiana Junior All-Star Game. It's June 4th, the girls game at 2 p.m., The boys game to follow around four tickets are $10. And of course, Flory Bedunga of Kokomo is the big attraction that people here in this part of the state may want to see. But there will be some really good players, boys and girls from both states showcased in that game. And I think that junior, it's not a series, it's just a one game deal between the two states. I think it's been really good because uh, both uh, the junior class in Indiana especially, but both states in recent years have had some talent, and it's kind of an opportunity to get the, the uh, famed All-Star Series rolling a little younger for some of these players.
1: Yeah, it does. and uh, yeah, I, had, I talked to my friend earlier this week, too, and uh, it sounds like Flory's going to be committed for every event uh, that he's in, including the new uh, Futures game that they're going to be playing the Saturday. At Gamebridge uh, Fieldhouse before the uh, Kentucky Indiana game, so you know that's going to be an attraction, obviously. And Flory's still uncommitted, so that's uh, you know there's still a lot of interest uh, right now in him. And, and yeah, I think that junior game has been has been a good event. Uh, with the it's only a one game uh, event uh, with Kentucky, and then of course the uh, seniors and juniors will play at Cathedral this year uh, during the week. So that's always a game people look forward to as well. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's a that's a little bit you know it's been a little bit of a, a change. Here, you know, it depends on you know sort of the sort of the year, I guess. And and uh, you know, but I think it also probably creates hopefully some more interest on the Kentucky side and maybe gets those kids involved in you know being part of that series. Um, you know, where they've kind of struggled with getting everybody on board. It seems like uh, over the last many years but, uh, but I think that may help kind of introduce them to the game at least and it does I know that it does on the Indiana side and it seems to it seems to work so hopefully that's something that continues on and you know I know every year around this time we kind of talk about the history of the game and the future of the game but uh, seems to be you know it's sort of a year by year thing but you will see how it goes this year and you know moving back to gamebridge uh, field Fieldhouse this year after going to Southport over COVID, so I think that'll be a good move back to uh, back to that uh, venue.
2: And uh, Kyle, I'd love to hear not only about the junior series, but you mentioned the new future series, which is going to take place uh, with the actual senior game, All-Star Games. Any new addition to keep this series alive and to draw interest from some of the younger, more talented players uh, so young in their high school career, they realize the importance, the history of this series, and they strive to be part of it as a senior. I think it's a good deal. So, this future thing, uh, kudos to whoever came up with it. The more ideas you can get, uh, to uh, include others and draw more crowd, I think it's all good.
1: Yeah, I do too. And, you know, I know the, the both rosters are out there for the boys and the girls, but, you know, looking at the boys specifically, you know, those rosters. Could really draw people in, you would think. I mentioned Flory already, but also, you know, you got players uh, committed like Jalen Harrelson and Cannon Catchings, and, you know, those guys are, you know, top uh, whatever. You know, I think Harrelson's top 10, and Catchings on some lists is as high as top 20, you know, in the 2024 class. And then, of course, uh, Trent Sisley on that South team, and Jack Benner uh, from Brownstown, who's committed to Purdue. Uh, And a lot of names, you know, I think people will. Just enjoy, it. like Braylon Mullins. I think I've talked to you about him before from Greenfield. He's on that roster. He's only a sophomore, but you get some of those guys who are, you know, you're not locked into a class necessarily. You could have freshmen and and juniors, or freshmen and sophomores, be part of that as well. So, uh, you know, just a lot of different uh, names. You know, uh, Xavier Robinson from Lawrence North. It'll be fun to watch him uh, in that game. So, uh, you know, the good uh, talent up in in Fort Wayne uh, this year. That. Uh, You know, some of those guys will be part of it as well. Uh, Bronte Johnson, uh, he's also a big time football uh, commit or football prospect as well. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that, seeing kind of who stands out. And I think it also probably gives you some idea for some of the younger guys, especially uh, maybe where they fit in. You know, playing against talented players and with talented players. Uh, you know, you're not sort of guessing as much as far as, like, oh, I wonder if this kid's an all-star material. Uh, you can kind of see it for yourself. So, yeah, it's going to be a long, you know, I go down to Owensboro that Friday night to cover those games and then come back Saturday. makes it a longer day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think it will be a good event. And I think people will come out and see it, hopefully. I think it will be something um, additional that, uh, you know, if you're interested in basketball, it's certainly a chance to see a lot of that, those talented players play together.
2: Kyle, a little bit more on Flory Badunga of Kokomo, who is uh, coming to Jeffersonville for this junior game, we're told. Um, you know, he, he's a big-time guy out there on the market. He's getting all sorts of interest. I've got to believe that Indiana's ability to land a guy like McKenzie Baco and show someone like Flory the NIL opportunities and the money that's there Uh, can only help Indiana as they move down to younger classes because Flory's going to be a key target of Kansas and Indiana and Duke and so many others that are after him, but if Indiana can beat out Kansas for Mbaco, then why can't they maybe do it for Bedunga? They've got a great opportunity to show him an example right here in the state of what they're capable of putting together.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I think Auburn will be part of that mix for for, uh, Bedunga and you know, Cincinnati has long been talked about as, as, a, as a school that's of high interest for him. So, um, you know, it's it's different for every kid, definitely, uh, depending on the, you know, the connections and, and, you know, sort of the personality of the of the programs and the kids. So, uh, but, I, you know, Flory's a kid who, you know, he cares a lot. You know, I was really impressed. I got, you know, a chance to talk to him more this year. And, uh, you know, he, he definitely, he, he's a connections type of guy, a relationship Type of guy, and you know, I think uh, he feels the love at Kokomo, and you know, certainly Indiana uh, offers a lot of love <laughs> from their fans as well. So, you know, I, I you know, from even beyond NIL, I think uh, you know it's it's about where you feel at home, you know. And I always think that that uh, for his situation, that will matter. And and I'm not saying you know he's going to IU or whatever, but uh, I think that will play a factor uh, in his uh, decision and. Yeah, I don't know we'll see I, I think there's a lot uh, you know a lot of things still to to find out about what he's uh you know what he's thinking and and uh he's going to have time you know being ranked third in the in the country you know the doors aren't going to shut for him like they might some others uh who may have to kind of fill their spot you know if they want it but uh you know being as sought after as he is he'll have some time people will be uh respectful of his uh of his, uh, you know what, what he's thinking, and you know he just got a chance to visit Kansas, and I'm sure that's fresh in his mind. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think uh, it definitely will be interesting to see where he ends up going. He certainly has plenty of options.
2: Kyle Dunrip, the Indianapolis Star, he is with us Friday on the program. Kyle, baseball sectional tournaments get underway across the state, softball coming up as well, the end of the high school sports season, or at least the beginning of the end is very near over the next few weeks, and of course only a handful of teams will be lucky enough to move on to regionals, semi-states, and even a smaller handful to the state finals, but baseball here, and I think next week all the ADs across the state hoping for good weather so you can keep those things on track. Uh, any favorites going into the tournament? I know you're focused on central Indiana. We're focused on southern Indiana. I think Providence down here is probably the team, if I had to place a bet, that would be most likely to maybe journey up to Indianapolis representing Clark and Floyd counties. But any, any picks from you?
1: You know, I haven't done a ton of uh, – I've kind of been on the track beat uh, this uh, spring, you know, kind of following baseball. We, we have a guy who does most of our – of our coverage and I'm hoping to go see uh, Max Clark play. Uh, I was thinking about, yeah, I don't know if you own know, David Woods who work for, work for us for a long time. And yes. has since uh, retired, we're going to try to get out and, and we're thinking about going tonight actually to see Max Clark, who could be a, a big time draft pick uh, here in the next month or so, or probably in the top five, certainly. So, uh, you know, I haven't seen a lot of base. I know center Grove, you know, center Grove is really loaded uh, this year and, and, uh, you know, so I, I think they're a, chan- a team that has a chance to do some, some things. But uh, actually, I had a chance last night. Greg Jones, who's a 1978 uh, Indian All Star in basketball, went on to play at uh, Oklahoma and Butler. Uh, he was, I, I was covering sectional track, and his record, he had a seven foot record one state as a senior in 78, and he's helping out coach. And uh, Bodie Gilkerson, who. Uh, He's helping with jumps this year. Broke his record, so I was standing there, and, and Greg was saying, "Hey, I'm tired of looking at this record. Go beat it." And uh, and Gilkerson did so. And the funny thing was, Dave Teeney, who he coached Greg uh, in 1978, is still coaching had yeah, 56 years at Plain field, and he was standing right there too. And uh, just a really cool uh, thing. Kind of ties back to basketball, like a lot of things do. He was he was more of a basketball. Uh, player than a track athlete but uh, held that record for 45 years and it was fun to be there right there watching as that whole thing unfolded but uh, yeah I'm doing more track than not spending as much time this spring on uh, baseball but uh, but, yeah we're getting down to it so it should be fun.
2: Fun stuff high school sports especially in our state just a great thing. Kyle Nedrip with us Fridays. Uh, Kyle always thank you have a good weekend and thanks for helping send us into the weekend.
1: Absolutely good time with you Matt.
2: All right, that's going to wrap things up with Kyle. And for our Friday show, we'll be back with you Monday, every day next week, I believe, except Wednesday because of Bats Baseball during the day on Wednesday. If you miss a live show, all you got to do is look for us as a podcast. We're available basically wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. And uh, have a great weekend. Should be, I think, decent weather. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m., this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.